It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Drop all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Steve. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and let me introduce you to my squadron. Now, here's a little story. Ladies and gentlemen, back from his trip from Belize. You know who's in the house, the master of disaster, Mr. Kevin Jackson! And of course, not to be outdone, joining him. Ladies and gentlemen, from his top secret bunker back in Idaho, you know him, you love him, he is the master of disaster. Put your hands together for Jimmy the Reaper. Gentlemen, we are back. The squadron is yes, back in town. Yes, that song, I wish I still, still had my dreams. <laughs> Talking about. Jets-Eagles, going to dip into some Jets-Saints, going to talk a little Zach Wilson. Let's go around the room. Kevin, talk to me, brother, man. What's up? Today's a great day. Look, you know, first and foremost, uh, thanks for welcoming me back. Um, the trip was ridiculous. If you've never been to Belize, uh, for, and for the folks uh, who are who are listening and watching right now with us, if you have, you know what I'm talking about, you kind of got to go. I mean, it's just, yeah, man, it's just one of those Sounds things. Like but look, uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be back. I'm happy to be back, obviously, um, with maybe some positive things to look forward to coming up this week. A couple of positive things to look back on for the past week. I can still say that it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan. Just, I'm, I'm excited about where it is that we're going. Plus, uh, the more that uh, our little draft situation shakes out, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, the way that that shakes out going forward, um, I think we're going to have an opportunity to really add quite a bit uh, where we need early. Them, them, them four, you know, picks in the first two rounds. Anyways, it, it's good to be back. Uh, Jim, man, how's everything been? I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm doing fantastic. That's what's up. Life is, life is taking an, an upward turn here, so it's been good. Um, you know, it's frustrating uh, on Sundays, but... I'm seeing the positives. Yeah, there are some positives that can be taken See away, you. but unfortunately, this is the New York Jets, all right? This is what happens when you have fan angst mixed with no patience, mixed with kickers who can't kick an extra point, mixed with guys who can't catch the ball, 
mixed with fumbles and turnovers and not being able to take advantage of the chances when you get them. And a defense right now that can't stop a peewee pass. They can't stop a peewee offense. They can't stop it. And then, Jimmy, you hit the nail on the head. It's bad enough that the Jets suck as much as they do. That they're trying to get out of their own way. They're trying to stop correcting. But you know who we got to add to the mix? NFL officiating. Bravo. Bravo. Once again, you guys guys prove year after year after year that you are the biggest bunch of clowns walking the face of the earth. I actually don't feel so badly about myself because I know that I can look at you idiots to make myself feel better. Because an idiot like me can actually get a call right from my couch with all of the technology at my disposal. And I do it for free. So now, I turn the floor over to my squadron mates. Let's talk a little Jets-Eagles and the disaster that was. Zach Wilson did not look too bad but unfortunately could not carry that momentum from the first half of the game over into the second half of the game. Started reverting back to some bad habits that we saw. Kevin, talk to me. What did you see? I I know that you went through this game a couple of times with a fine-tooth comb, just like all three of us probably did. Tell me what you saw. A tale of two defenses for me. Um, And I guess the the, the big, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda, whatever. Um, Look. I don't think we played a horrible game, but the defense is is the worst ever. Special teams right now, I don't know what is going on. Look, we, we were looking back on these things, you know, the, the past couple of, of, of games, or, or at least going back to the beginning of the season, and saying that, you know, we have guys that we feel are going to be solid. We have guys that we feel are just, you know, they're just ready to turn the corner. They're ready to continue doing what it is they do. We're talking about Braden Man. You know, we're talking about, you know, some of the young players coming back in. We're talking about the free agents that Joe Douglas went and spent money on. And all of that is what I saw in this game, right? I saw the infusion with Zach Wilson. I saw the infusion of talent with Elijah Moore. Um, We've been missing the infusion of talent that we've recognized in Michael Carter. And I think that was also evident in that game. Michael LaFleur is doing his thing. The offense is, you know, is, is, you know, kind of playing as well as I think that they probably could be right now. Um, I want to give another, you know, uh, to the folks out there who kept talking about how Mike White is the savior. Let that be a lesson to you. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm excited, man. Look, I, 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 I again, I'm just going to revert back to this. I, I want to critique the entire game because I know, we, we all know who played well. We all know you know, the offense looked good. We all know Zach came out and, and, and did his thing, you know, that, that, that you know, really quickly in the first half, with, uh, which is what we were, you know, everybody's been kind of begging for, right? Finally got it. And then, uh, you know, the Jets as a team kind of ended up playing like the Jets, like the offense stalled a little bit, didn't really get a lot of opportunities in the second half. The defense completely fell apart, and that's something that we've been noticing over the course of the past, you know, how many ever weeks now, right? It, it, it seems like an eternity. Um, but realistically, we saw progress, right? We know what it is that we need to do differently. We need to work on the defense. We need an infusion of talent there, period, point blank, the end. Until that's done, there really is no way to tell how it's going to shake out. Um, we have to recognize how the injury bug has really hurt us, right? 
because the guys that we came into the season expecting to catapult us to a top five defense are out for the season. They're not even going to play at all, none. So Eagles game is a microcosm of where it is I think the team is at right now, right? Um, we're, we're, we're starting to see progress towards the end of the season, which was my expectation. Um, I kind of thought we may be a little further along. Obviously, Zach got hurt. Look, Eagles game, I mean, it, it was what, what it was. We, we can pull a lot of positives out of this game, which is what I think that we were supposed to be doing. Uh, again, why are we really talking about wins and losses when we know that this is really the type of energy that we wanted to get? Do we want wins? Yes, obviously. When we start to see this shake out the way that it has, I think it points towards what CJ has always so eloquently said, and that points towards sustainable success. We can be more consistent in what it is that we that what we saw on offense early. We're going to put up a lot of points. Um, if we address some of these holes on defense and when these, some of these free agent guys come back next season, uh, maybe we'll see what a, what a, what a, a difference that can make. But I don't know. It's just kind of a blah game other than, you know, you know, the way that Zach started, the way Elijah started, the way I, I think that the Michael Carter can solidify this. I think we have our triplets, right? We'll just see how it plays out. I like it. Um, Jim, what do you, I mean, where, where do you at, man? What do you think? Uh, I I like the way Zach started, um, obviously. I mean, who wouldn't, you know, scoring drives right off the bat. That insane kickoff return from Barrios East. sparked a whole lot, man. Um, and and rem- you guys remember, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you both under the bus on that punt, that keeper punt segment we did in the offseason. Yeah, I said punt him. Yeah, <laughs> I said punt him too. I, I did. I said punt him. I ain't, I, I ain't running from my pick. He makes plays. I ain't running from my pick. I yep. called it, he and he's making me look foolish. Man. I went on uh, other I shows, and I said won. Braxton Berrios. Yeah. He's 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 probably look. he's probably going to be nothing more than a depth receiver and and a special teams guy. And he's proving everybody mm-hmm. wrong, including me. So you know what? I'll take my lumps on Berrios. Sure. I don't care. Whatever benefits the Jets. If it you benefits know, no, the I, Jets. I, I, the best thing about Berrios, real talk, is exactly what CJ said. I mean, he's going to be a role player. He's going to be a special teamer, but he's playing very well at both. Yeah. I I I see I see Berrios as a legit battle for the for the number four. Him and Keelan are just right there, and now they're everybody's up a spot because Davis is out. I think these next couple of games are going to say something for, about that. It hasn't thus far. Yeah, this is this, those are facts. I I don't I don't know what has been happening with him. I don't know what's been happening with Pirine, but they just don't care about Pirine. I I, so, God, I don't even man, want to talk I about Pirine. I have to I have to take every... the stance that stand on the assumption that the coaches know something that we don't. But I think we saw dramatic improvement from Zach Wilson. We saw a lot of touch on his checkdown passes. He was actually. He led the rookies in depth of target. That was like 9.4 yards or something like that, average depth of target. So he was going downfield too. He was slinging them, boy. That's all going to roll into place. And I have, for when we start getting into the draft conversations a little more seriously, I have a nice little mid-round guy that you guys should watch some tape. Boise State's Khalil Shakir, but that – I knew it was coming. (laughs) That's a Mims replacement right there, man. But anyway, I digress. He's pretty fucking good. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. I think that ultimately I'm really concerned because the defense still story of our season is either on fire or just laying an egg. And you don't want to be 
that inconsistent when you're about to go up against Alvin Kamara, especially when the run defense has been so bad. So that was probably the worst notification I got this week was Alvin Kamara saying he's ready to go. And I was like, no. Yeah, of course. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And I'll never, I'll never blame officiating as a winner. uh, Like, because there's 130 to 150 plays per game. Something can happen on each and every one of those plays that don't get called. So I'm never going to, put it all on officiating but this one was freaking god awful put it behind us look forward to the next one all right cj what do you think (laughs) all right look i'm gonna give my my thoughts because i kind of talked about this a, a lot on mission briefs and i'm just gonna keep it short and sweet good good show too by the way yeah very plain and simple I'm banned again, so I can't comment on them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. I ain't even going to get into that. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, what I want to say in regards to the Jets-Eagles game, and again, this is uh, I'm, I'm going to put it to bed because I, I, I've i said my piece. The Jets didn't lose this game because of officiating. The Jets lost this game because their defense right. gave up way too many points their offense could not take advantage of the opportunities that were that were given to them, and they had a lot of drops. Corey Davis with the drop, Elijah Moore had a drop, Crowder had a drop. But here's the thing. Now, as bad as the officiating was, and oh, the, the officiating was bad, okay? The officiating was so bad that Denzel Mims got called for a penalty completely brushing somebody's shoulder pad. Zach Wilson takes a helmet-to-helmet hit and no flag. Elijah Moore gets blatantly interfered with, held on what probably would have been a touchdown. And everybody's looking around for a flag, and there's no flag to be had. And those are just three plays. Now, if I really want to go into number four, I think there were about seven or eight in total. Credit uh, NYJ Matt. If you want to see all seven plays that the, uh, the, the refs completely screwed the Jets in this game, by all means, go to his Twitter account and check him out because he made a highlight reel. Or should I say, in the case of the referees, a low-light reel. All right? There was another one in which it's a fourth and one. C.J. Mosley's on the line. They go into a hard count. You see Jason Kelsey's head bob up and down, move the ball, go side to side. C.J. Mosley jumps because it's technically a false start and no flag. And you have Robert Sala coming out onto the field four different times because he saw stuff that should have been called and was not called. So props to Robert Sala. That was probably the the most emotion I've ever seen out of him. Okay? But But I digress. The Jets didn't lose this game because of officiating. The Jets lost this game because the defense can't stop a nosebleed. That's why they lost. Okay? And Guy Fisher, I see you in the comments. You're over here saying about Jeff Ulbrich. Jeff Ulbrich needs to get fired. No, bro. It's not Jeff Ulbrich. It's not the defensive schemes. Okay? It's the players that we have playing the defensive schemes. The players that we have on the defensive side of the ball are not good enough to run this scheme. I saw that versus the Eagles. And you know what? I've been just as pissed at Jeff Albrecht through the defensive breakdowns than anybody.
But this has always been the problem with defense, guys. When one guy goes down, the entire defense falls apart, right? When C.J. Mosley went down, we get our asses handed to us, all right? When Marcus May went down, the secondary got their asses handed wow. to us, all right? That cannot be moving forward because you know what? We got our asses handed to us by a Robert Solid defense in the San Francisco 49ers last year in a game where they lost three quarters of their defensive starters in one game. And their backup still came in and smacked the Jets. It's not the defensive scheme that's the issue. It's the players that we have here that's the issue because they're not comprehending the schemes. They're doing what they can. Last week, we started what? How many practice squad guys? We're expecting them to play at, a, 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 at an elite level? Now, mind you, I'm not making excuses, so I don't want anybody to get it twisted. Because I hold every player wearing a New York Jets uniform accountable for their actions on the football field. Because nobody gives a damn about what you do in practice. We care about what you do on Sunday. And when you don't perform on Sunday, you could take practice and stick it in your ass. I'm sorry. Gentlemen, any uh, last thoughts before we move on to our next topic? Jimmy, we'll start with you, and we'll circle back to Jax. With how shoddy, inconsistent everything has looked, I do want to highlight one guy in particular, and that's Justin Hardy, because Justin Hardy is probably the sole highlight on our special teams outside of Braxton Berrios. I'm talking about punt coverage, things, and then kickoff coverage. Uh, Justin Hardy and Braxton Berrios are probably the two players on our special teams that are making it even relevant right now. One final point that I forgot about in, in my time was props to Zach Wilson on that first half because he was going into it without Michael Carter, who was a gigantic part of this game plan, pulling himself back. Like I said, we saw a lot more touch on, on his passes. We saw a lot more control. So those, I, I just wanted to highlight those those positives and, and single off yeah. those guys. Actually, I'm going to have to piggyback on that because that was my final thought also. When you kind of look at you know, I'm, I'm not going to be petty about this real talk, but we talk about what Mike White did in Cincinnati and how everybody wanted to see Zach do that. The passing parts of it round into into form, right? Yeah. But just just imagine what, what Zach looks like um, with this game if he gets what – Mike White got in Cincinnati for Michael Carr, right? Mm -hmm. Just, just, just if he gets that same, if he gets that Cincinnati type performance, we blow them out. That's my thinking about how many points we have the ability to score. I don't, I don't, I don't think we see as much of the, 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 the difficulty with maintaining drives uh, late if we have Michael Carter in the game. I think, I think that's a game changer right there. So, um, yeah, just my, my last two cents on that. Um, what is it? Another two weeks. Uh, uh, before we get him back, possibly short term, I offer three weeks. So yeah, when he comes back, if uh, a after after that first game, I think uh, you know that second game back for him, I think I think that's when we actually see what it really starts to look like when when it pops like it's supposed mm -hmm. to. All right, so now what I want to do is I want to get to you guys individual segments first before we start focusing on Jet Saints because. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. Julie had, had talked about it uh, off camera with someone who we thought who was going to be out. Now it turns out to be active. I don't want to give it away just yet till we actually talk about it. So I want to start this week's solo segments off 
with Jimmy the Reaper Jardine. You're going to take us inside the front office. So, Jimmy, tell me who's in the front office tonight, my friend. And mm -hmm. uh, we are very much looking forward to what you have to tell us. My favorite part of the well, show. <laughs> I appreciate that, Kevin. Uh, tonight we got Joe Douglas, and, and we, have, we have a special look at what Joe Douglas has done so far in 2021. And we're going to look at the good, we're going to look at the bad, and we're going to look at the kickers. So let's start off with the good. We had an offensive line that for the first five weeks was just playing abysmal. And Joe Douglas made a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs to get Laurent Duvernay-Tardif straight across trade for our number four tight end at the time. And then it turns around, Kansas City cuts him less than a week later. Joe Douglas snaps him right back up, making LDT absolutely free to the New York Jets. That's an in insane deal. One, an insane deal in a long line of insane deals from Joe Douglas. Not all of his signings have been hits, but they're never going to be. Not all of his draft picks have been hits, but they're never going to be. But the fact of the matter is, is Joe Douglas has four guys on this roster. Barring Michael Carter's injury, Michael Carter – could be one of four Jets players that were approaching consideration for some Pro Bowl status. And for all four of those guys are rookies. That's the crazy part. And then you can factor in, you know, John Franklin Myers is making a case. You can factor in Quinn and Williams is making a case. So Joe Douglas's decisions on that roster have been, by and large, very, very good. And he's made some bad ones. Uh, I can't in good conscience say, you know, we all want to love Dan Feeney so much. <laughs> he was watching him smash the beer on his head at the hockey game. It was great. That's the kind of guy I want. That kind of guy, but that guy to also be good at football. And Dan Feeney's just not good at football, unfortunately. So that's a one of the bad ones that I'll highlight. And uh, the ugly, the kickers. Joe Douglas, if you're watching this, man, if you see this ever, please, at this point, I don't care if it's a third-round pick, get a kicker, somebody who's going to be with this team forever. This has been a nightmare ever since McCagnan let Jason Myers walk over $3 million a year for five, four years. It's insane. We had the guy, we let the guy walk, and it's been a nightmare ever since. Joe Douglas is still getting a lot of hate out there. And it's just not warranted, guys. It's just not warranted. <laughs> Four of his draft picks from this year are potentials for Pro Bowl seats. Yeah. That's unheard of. But I'll still call him out on that kicker stuff, man, because that's starting to piss me off. My very first criticism of Joe Douglas was how he handled the kicking situation that first season. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say it's not mishandled at this point, you know? Yeah. Like a year and a half ago, you could say, well, I mean, we got a lot to focus on, you know? Yeah. But your kicker, 99% of the time, is your leading scorer on your team. Like, that is a position that you – that's important. You have to have a guy. Yeah, you have to have a guy, right? He doesn't and have a guy. And I'll tell you, I, and I've said it before on the show. I've said it on my channel. I've said it with Green Bean. I don't care if a kicker can bomb 70-yard field goals. That's all well and good. But I want my kicker to be accurate inside of 40. That's not too much to ask. What was that kid's name? Kessman? Yeah. I want to know, Kessman, like, whatever. anyway, I mean, it doesn't even matter. The guy missed yeah. two extra points in a row. 
Just the I, one thing I, I that, 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 that I just <laughs> want to chime in with this, and I got to ask you guys this question. This is a serious question. I know you guys are going to laugh at me, but you know what? It's a serious What kind of kicking competition did the New York Jets have during the week that this idiot actually won? Was it the fastest to go get <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Douglas's toilet paper when he had to go poop? Uh, was it how fast could you go get Robert Sala's water bottle? What kind of competition did they have? I want to know. I need to know because I mean, look, Amendola, Amendola missed some field goals, but he was solid on extra points. All right, I just, I just need to know. I think this is a situation where pressure bust pipes. When the lights were on, they weren't it. It, it, we we saw Amendola, you know what I'm saying, and with with the whole you see in the picture where he was kicking butt naked. Yes, yeah, his, his um, Maxim but, picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah from, from, from 90 yards. Yeah, but but I'm just you know that that we we've seen all of that, so I mean we know he can do that, right? We know yeah. he can do that. Can he do that with the pads on when there's a rush? And you know, it, it, can you do it consistently then? And these cats, they just haven't been. We just haven't been. I don't even want to use a, a a word that says uh, you know lucky, but. Um, we just haven't been lucky. And then we brought him back less than a week yeah. later. Well, I mean, because I think the, the possibility is he just needs to get his head together. Okay. He's got a leg. The kid's got a leg. I, I, I said this earlier, and, and, and I, I want to just touch on this and move on. I think this is a situation where they want to grow a kicker. What they need to do then is they need to put all of the Jets kickers through the gauntlet. And I mean the actual gauntlet, Kev. You know what I'm talking about. At the end of practice, you when you're going, look, what? I, hell yeah, I used to, hate, I, I still hate it. If these guys are afraid of what's coming at them, they need to be beaten into the ground in practice until they're no longer afraid of what's coming at them. Yes, they need to have, they need, to, they don't need to be off on the side field kicking field goals by themselves. They need to have an entire special teams unit surrounding them. Barking at him. Do something this, to create pressure in practice. Is, is make them Brent, feel it. It's a Brent Boyer thing now, though. Does that make it a Brent Boyer thing now? It, Brent Boyer, if you're watching, do something, man. He's, he's, Brent Boyer needs to get up in somebody's grill. Yeah. We, we, we advocated. Yeah. We, we advocated for Brent Boyer. We were happy when we retained him. Now earn it. You, you don't just earn this stuff once in the NFL. You got to earn it every single week. It's been bad. What? It's not what have you done for me. It's what have you done for me lately. And speaking and on that, that's a perfect segue into into my, my final little little yeah. on this, and then we'll move. But but Joe Douglas must give great phone. Joe Douglas is a pimp on the phone because he's getting <laughs> he's getting people to do things, or he's getting teams to do things <laughs> that they know they they normally wouldn't be doing. You know? Call one nine hundred Joe Douglas, Joe baby. Douglas got him doing, Joe Douglas got him out there, you know, yeah. making them give him what they can't give back, right? Like, like, man. How are you gonna? I want to know how. How could look? You, 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 Yo, you I can't even. I can't even be mad us, at that, you, you know, because the lie, truth. A lock and solidify our offensive line for nothing. He is. He's a straight up pimp when it you, comes to you that. You allow for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Look, and and and, and for and then, free, a fo- yeah. a starting right guard for a fourth and string then, tight end, and then we get the tight end back. We, Come on. We really didn't want to cut him. It was just, ah, okay. Yeah, there, 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 there's some things going on right now, especially with the amount of capital that he amasses. I think this is his style. This is what he's going to do. And the expectation is we'll draft anywhere between 9 and 11 players on average every season. 
Um, even mm-hmm. if they're even if they're mid late rounders uh, after these next couple, we're not going to be drafting you know top ten after a minute here, but it's going to be awesome. All right, so that's actually going to segue into <laughs> he gives great phone. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to segue into the next segment with another guy who gives great phone, Mr. Kevin Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, who's going to take us in the white hot spotlight. So, Kev, talk to me, bro. Who do we have in the All spotlight right. tonight? My favorite part of the show tonight. This is real simple, and I'm, I, I want to narrow the spotlight down a little bit right now, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna put the spotlight squarely on Denzel Mims' forehead. Okay, a lot of storylines going on with the team right now. Obviously, um, the 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 positivity that we've seen in Zach Wilson this past week, the expectations that we have for Elijah Moore when he when he's fully healthy and and, and back. Um, hopefully he'll he'll be able to go this week. Um, what we can expect to see from Michael Carter when he comes back and has the benefit of some of the you know the play action successes that we'll have that are going to open up running lanes um, and that'll give him opportunities out of the backfield also. But but all of these things to to, to kind of again put the spotlight on Denzel Mims and what he could actually bring to this offense if he turns out to be the player that we thought that we were getting when we drafted him. Um, with the unfortunate injury, obviously, to Corey Davis and him being out for the remainder of the season, um, the consensus is that what? Uh, Mims should be able to step into his role. Isn't that, uh, from what I understand, his his position on the depth chart? He is uh, directly behind Corey Davis. Um, let's give him the shots, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we want to see everybody ball. We need to, we need to see him go out. And if I, I know that there's a lot to be said right now for what people's perception of him is. Um, we have seen him drop some passes. We have seen him, you know, obviously make some mistakes. Um, but I think that maybe, um, you know, you get better at playing football by playing football. And I think this is an opportunity right now for him to get plenty more reps in much bigger situations. We're talking about a kid right now who, you know, for the season, eight catches, 103, the big 40-yarder. Um, so that 133 doesn't actually, you know, I mean, it, it, it doesn't jump off the page. But. I think that the kid can ball. We we talked about the physical attributes. We've talked about the the height, speed, weight. We talked about the blocking. We've talked about the tenacity. We talked about the yards after the catch and and how that's probably one of the best parts of his game. Denzel Mims is in a think that having someone like that uh, elevate himself and, and and step into the role it changes what it is that we need to look for when it comes to how it is that we continue to add talent. We have a lot of holes. I think answering that question with Denzel Mims really could be a big deal for us. Now, um, I, I know that with with so much that's going on right now, Denzel Mims, I don't know. Um, I wanted to just kind of bring that in because I think this will be the game where um, if, if they are going to be serious about seeing where he's at, they'll they'll give him the reins and they'll let him run. Um, what do you guys think? Um, Denzel Mims isn't maybe necessarily the flashiest name, but um, in the scheme of what we're trying to look at, what do you think? Jimmy, you tee it up first. I really wanted him to do well. I reviewed a lot of his tape at Baylor, and he was very underutilized there for for how prominent of a role he had. They they really misused him. Like, he can do so much more than just go routes. And not a Robbie Anderson copy. I don't know what has been happening behind the scenes, but there's something wrong. I just think that at this point, I would just rather see him – move on and maybe find another coaching staff that he clicks with or whatever the case may be. But it doesn't matter how good a kid is. If he's not on the field and he's not doing what he's being paid to do, yeah. then it doesn't make any difference to us. 
I think that speaks to what it is that I, that I kind of am pointing the spotlight at him for, right? Because it's not like they're going to cut him, right? He's not, he's not, they're not going to cut him now. Almost, and I mean, I, I don't want to have this parallel to a, a difficult situation, but you know how we talked about Sam, you know, needing to have time to, to, to play and to develop and, you know, all of this. And we, Zach, same thing. Every, we, they need time to, I mean, wide receiver is not necessarily a, a, an easy position to come into and play well, especially when, you know, you're a kid that comes from uh, an offense that is really kind of limited with how it's designed and how it's schemed. And then to the NFL and now in your second offense with what I'm sure probably has to be a lot more intricacies than what it is um, that we were playing in just because of, you know, the, the, the flexibility in it. Um, he's not there yet. And this next couple of games is going to be an opportunity for him to show. Um, but point well taken, um, because if, if he doesn't play well, um, yeah, he's out of here. Uh, CJ, what do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I like Denzel Mims. He was somebody who I was hoping that this year compared um, with Elijah Moore, with the addition of Corey Davis, that would probably get a lot more targets because Corey Davis does attract a lot of attention. I would have thought that he would have been utilized in a lot, a lot of different packages, but it just turned out that he hasn't been used at all. And when he's used, he's used in a couple of different settings, and then he's being used for blocking, and then he ended up contracting COVID. So it, it's very interesting the fact that he's really had to fight his way to get onto the field. So I, I kind of agree with Jimmy. I think I have a feeling that he may... He may end up being traded somewhere for for a draft. I'd like to see the kid go somewhere and succeed. Sort of like the same way I feel about LaMichael Piron. I just feel like if you're just not going to use the kid, then you know what? Release the kid, cut the kid, let him go someplace where they're going to give him an opportunity to play. I still hold out hopes that maybe over these next five games, Denzel Mims will, will show us something and play at a level that's going to force him to keep him here. Uh, that's going to force Michael Flora and Robert Sala to have to inject him in this offense a little bit more. So Lowell Litchmore was actually in the comments saying that uh, maybe he was drafted to fit Gase's system and he just doesn't fit this system. So I don't know. That could also be a possibility. Possible. So there's a lot of different factors concerning Denzel Mims, but you all want to see him get the opportunity to come out here and compete and at least get the opportunity to be given a second look, so to speak. Because if you think about it, I mean, last year he really didn't have... He came out, he played. This year he has a training camp, and he really struggled, where we were talking about him being fourth and fifth on the depth chart. There's still some things that remain to be seen in regards to Denzel Mims, but I really think he's got these next five games to... Put on a, to put on a show and to again show what he can do and show if he can fit. Because if least, not, at least then then you know yeah, you gotta it, it, you gotta get something for him if you're gonna trade that everybody else is showing right. I think Lowell has a great point. Um, not only with Denzel Mims being for the previous regime, but there are a bunch of players yeah. like people are people knock Joe Douglas for tw- his 2020 draft class, but think that that was for a completely different coaching staff. Completely different game plans. So I don't think that the 2020 draft can be called a failure based on that. I will say this also when it comes to the whole Denzel Mims being drafted for Adam Gates. I, I think I don't think that there's anything that Corey Davis does that Denzel Mims cannot. It's the case. 
Yeah, I agree. I just don't think that his head is where it needs to be, especially when you've got Zach out there who's, you know, kind of needing guys to be where they're supposed to be for his development, right? And and that would create a distraction. So these next, I mean, look, he's had all season, right? He's had all season to get ready, he's had all season to get himself together. Um, Right now, this is like, to your point, he's got these next five games to either, you know, show up or, you know, get shown out um, when it comes time for us to have to make that decision. Yeah, I agree. And he's got to do it because, I mean, he's he's a fan favorite. Uh, A lot of fans like him and they want him to be successful here, but he's also drawing the ire of a lot of other fans, which are like, you know, if this bum's not going to play, then get rid of him because he's eating up a roster spot. But... I digress. The only thing that I could say is this. I'm hoping that the kid gets him play, gets him burned. I hope he gets an opportunity to go out there and to and to at least put some good stuff together on tape where maybe Joe Douglas could possibly dangle him as a carrot come draft time and use him, you know, to go ahead and to uh, acquire other assets. So, because I have a feeling that this offseason the New York Jets are going to be very, very busy. I could also tell you another thing, too. Guy Fisher was just in the comments over here saying, you know, a few a few guys may want out. And you know what? You're probably right. There are a few guys that are going to want out. But it's not because they think that this team sucks and they can't, uh, they can't play here. It, it's going to be because they're doing a culture. In, in order for a culture change to really take root and to expand, or take, a life, take on a life of its own throughout the entire locker room. Guys have to understand that, yeah, we may suck right now, but it's up to us to change that. Mentality, if they don't have that drive to say, I need to be 110% on every play that I'm on the field, or otherwise this team is not going to be successful, then they don't belong here. Don't be surprised if you see quite a bit of roster turnover like we saw last year. Because remember, a lot of guys were brought in on one-year show-me deals, right? So John Franklin Myers was the what was the example to the rule yep. where you know if you go and you perform and you play at a high level, we're going to reward you. So I'm sure the same thing is going to happen for Quentin Williams. It's going to be interesting to see how that transpires and anybody else that comes down the road, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how the Jets approach free agency. Because how they approach free agency is going to dictate how they how they utilize their draft capital. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people who we see here are not here next year. Mm-hmm. And that includes draft picks. Like, it wouldn't shock me at all if Michael Piron gets cut. Or if Jabari Zuniga gets cut. Bryce Huff, if he's not 100%. C.J. Mosley may, may want to finish his career someplace else. Marcus May may end up signing someplace else. So Lamarcus Joyner may be like, eh. you know what? Can we keep this real? Can Do it. That's what the that's what the show's all about. The show's in, all about. In order real. for a culture change to really take, in, in, in order for a, in order for a culture change to really take root and take a take effect and take, that in itself is really where it is that we're at right now, right? Because I mean, there's a lot. You're talking about yeah, guy might want to finish a career elsewhere, but why would you want to finish your career on a team? Why wouldn't you? Excuse me, want to finish your career on a team that was winning? Yeah. If, if, if it begins to be where C.J. Mosley, who is still under contract next season, right? C.J. Mosley's still under contract next season. Um, if he's still here and we do things to put talent around him and, you know, beginning to middle of, of next season, thinking about what the next steps in that process are going to be, 
um, when it gets to that time, and if we're winning, it's a no-brainer. So yeah, that 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 in itself is the issue. Right? Look, the free agents are looking at this team right now. Um, I I have to think that a lot of them are you know kind of looking at the talent and saying, you know, I could play with those guys, right? They they've got a lot going on. Play you players understand it much differently than than fans do, and I know fans might look at it and be like, why would a guy want to come here and play here? But you know, you, you want to play with players. You want to play with ballers. And and if there's another linebacker that feels like he could come here and, and if you draft a, a young cornerback, right, um, and he comes in and he plays well, how does that, you know, kind of push Bryce? How does that push Michael Carter? How does that affect what it is that they do on the outside schematically when you have a young guy that comes in and, 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 and plays well? How does, how does that affect what you do with your safeties? Because Ashton Davis is out of here. That dude's... You know, oh yeah, he's he's all kinds of butt cheeks. So yeah, we, we don't we don't want him here next season. If you bring in another safety, how does that change what you do? They're going to look at this and they're going to say, you know, they give me this two three year deal. By the time we get to year two or year three, I'm living. And I think what a lot of fans need to remember is you think of it as like any any sort of company out there, right? So you have a staff that you're trying to fill. You'll you'll do you'll hire 10 people for whatever, whatever job you're doing in the hopes that two of them are really good. Next wave of hiring, you hired 10 more in hopes that one or two are good and stay. And that's how you build the foundation. That's how you build the core and that you build the culture is you, you keep hiring and you keep those good players, those good people in those roles. And it, it builds from there. It's just, this stuff takes time. And like I said before, Jets fans have been hearing it for 51 years, almost 52 years now. Trust the process. Trust the process. I'm not going to tell you to trust the process, but I will tell you to trust this process because this process is brand new. We're seeing things that have never been done before in Jets history. The owner finally fully hands off. We have a GM, a coach, and a rookie all on the same timeline. That has never happened before in New York. It ends up being where guy makes a point. I, I see guy said we've been waiting 50 years. Yeah, we have. What we're looking at right now hasn't been here for 50 years, mm-hmm. right? That, that they're barely here for 50 percent of a season. Um, so, I, again, you know, you hear me say this all the time. Now, I know it's real, real, real crazy, ridiculously hard to to ask for patience from a Jets fan. But well, also another if, thing if too, you're being Kevin. honest with yourself, the way that the team is looking right now, I mean, I. I I would, I would be, I would be comfortable. I'd be confident with the direction. Yeah, if you think about it, Kevin. I mean, look, there's only so many times that we can continue to sit here and bang on the reset button. You know, at the, at the moment the team is 0 six, oh, fire the GM, fire the coach, fire the offensive coordinator, fire the defensive coordinator, fire the water boy, fire the fire the janitor. Okay, there's only so many times that you can hit the reset button before it becomes a perpetual rebuild. And the Jets are stuck in a perpetual rebuild. We have now become the Cleveland Browns 2.0. And I dare somebody to debate me on that issue. Because if you go and take a look at the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns went through a grand total of 17 quarterbacks in less than 10 years. All right? The Jets might not have been that bad at the quarterback position, but also take a look at their head coaching positions, right? Two years, you're out. Two years, GM's out. Two years, head coach is out. One coach that lasted only a year and a half. You can't build a successful franchise 
constantly hitting the reset button and hoping that you're going to get the right guy. You either have to let the process play out to fruition or you don't play the game, fold up shop and go defunct. We need to, as Jet fans, and I'm looking at the entire fan base, Kevin, you brought this up a number of times. We need to stop the old-fashioned, curmudgeonistic, get-off-my-lawn thinking that despite the fact this franchise has lied to us, we have GMs that lied to us, we had head coaches that lied to us, they sold us a bill of goods that the team was going to be this way, and then it turned out to be a complete disaster. Jet fans have a right to be pissed. They do. They have a right to demand more. They do. They have a right to sit here and to go on social media and trash this team. They do. They've earned that right. Do you know why? Because they're consumers. They're investors in the product. And when the team, i.e. the product, puts a crappy product onto the field, consumers are not going to be happy. So what happens? Are you going to rush to go buy, to go spend $400 on, on the next Jets home game? No, because the last home game they lost, 54-12 to 12 or whatever. And you're aggravated because you paid $400 to watch a team go out there and not even compete. The way that I look at it, it's like this. We have Joe Douglas here. We have Robert Sala here, right? Nobody was rushing Todd Bowles out the door. Nobody was rushing Mike McCagnan out the door. And the man had over $400 million of cap space that he blew over a five-year period. Nobody was rushing these people out the door. They all said, we're going to do it this way. We're going to live and die with this process. And, that, and, and that's that. The same way that you said that we're going to live and die with this process is the same way we need to live and die with the Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Zach Wilson combo right now. And you've got to give them at least three years to get their things together. If we're having this conversation a couple of years from now, guys, and we're three and nine, or two and ten, or one and eleven, or maybe over, okay? Then by all means, go erect your billboards, get your planes, make your rally towels, make your t-shirts. Spray paint it on the side wall of One Jets Drive. Do whatever you want to do. But right now, we got to trust the process Look, that's in hand. And we actually is, got a football guy that knows what he's yeah, doing. The, the reality is we need to look at this from the, 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 the frame of what really is the most important, right? We're talking about Zach, and we're talking about what the offense looks like. You know, we can be pissed at the, the reason why people aren't really just so extremely, you know, down about this 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 last loss was because the offense really looked good. I mean, we, we saw what, what, what happened on defense. We saw what the difficulty was there. If we're having this conversation next season, but we're saying that, oh, yeah, we have more talent, you know, and we're still not, you know, performing well, um, that's something else. But the fact of the matter is, is that what we need to recognize is that we just don't have enough talent right now. Right. We're the, the, the talent that we do have, the, the, the young guys that we're going to be leaning on, we, we want to see those guys get better. We don't have really any of those guys on defense. Our defensive backfields, uh, to, to Jim's point, I mean, they've been they've been punching above their weight class all season. So we got injuries, and, and you know, the Eccles is going to come back too in just a minute. So, yeah. You know, 
know, we'll get a little infusion of talent there, maybe something else to see. We don't have enough talent right now. I, I say it again. We're talking about the Jets. Come on now. Yep. One thing, Jets fans, one thing you need to ask yourself, everybody complains about how rebuilding for 50 years, what has been involved in that? Constant coaching turnover. Constant GM turnover. It's been absolutely ridiculous, but right. yet here we are. After 50 years of that not working, why? Why on earth are you guys still calling for it? Why are you calling for the same dumb mistakes that the team and the franchise has made over the last half a century? And just again, let these guys grow. Let them get into their mold. We have a staff and like a few. We got we to gotta add some talent, like you said, Kev. But we have the building blocks to make this thing great. That's what it you is. You just have to let these let this thing play out. Do their jobs. Look, I think we've all said this at one point in time, and then we heard Robert Salas say it a couple of weeks ago, talking about us, us having a plan. And you know, I know I I know what it's looked like, right? And he he pointed it out. He knows what it is. They've been we've been patchworking, you know, this thing, you know, for forever, and and now, um, we have a couple of patches and it, it still looks the same right yep. it kind of still looks like you're just slapping patches on but the patches that we're slapping on are pretty damn sturdy it, it looks they're going to be nice they're certainly bright and shiny and sturdy and thick and warm or fuzzy or whatever the hell they're supposed to be this 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 patchwork right now is starting to come together some really upper echelon patches have been attached uh to to, to the weave here and uh i don't know man i, I think that that in itself is why some of the tones should change, right? And eventually that patchwork starts to wear and it starts to blend and it starts right. to look uniform. Yeah, I knew everybody got that, that hoodie, right? Everybody got that sweater, right? The one you put that one you put on and it's just like, yo, it's it, it, it it's so nice, it just falls over my shoulders, you know, perfectly, right? Or or, mm -hmm. or, or like that pair of shoes or whatever, whatever, you know what I'm talking about, about how comfortable it feels once everything is right. Mm -hmm. we're, we're putting it together right now. There, there's still some things that need to go on. We, we're we're going to see a huge infusion of defense next season, right? Just imagine the, the, the continuous improvements that we're having on offense right now with what we expected to get on defense this season, plus some. With Stingley and Hutchinson. I don't know if they do Stingley. I would love that. It would be nice, but no. I really don't know what. I think I'm going to have to dig deeper into the offensive lineman. I think that might be the only thing that's kind of holding me back from saying we need to go ahead and do that. Right? So, shout out to is, Scott Kalisby here. on the offensive line right now to say that we'll be able to add two later? Kevin, I completely agree to you. Uh, and I just want to get this on. Um, shout out to Scott Kalisby who is watching the show but is unable to comment at this time. Sent me a message. We don't have to like or trust the process. We don't have any other choice but to accept it. And you know what? That's going to be my comment of the night. And my 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 honorable mention is going to go to Carl Falk, who's in the who's in the comments tonight. Thank you for joining us, my friend. Cubs prove new management who create their own footprint. And you know what? He's got a point there. So we'll definitely give Carl an honorable mention tonight. So so what we need to do is we may not like it, but Joe Douglas and Robert Sala have 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 to create that footprint, and they need to follow that plan that they, they have in place. And if it works, great. We're all laughing about this in a year or two. 
If not, we're going to be having the same conversation that we're having right now, two, three years from now. All right, so with that, let's uh, briefly talk about Jets Saints. Jimmy, we'll start with you, then we'll circle to Kevin. And then I'm going to well, finish there's it a up. Reason, we'll just... There's a reason that I was really sad when I heard that Alvin Kamara was coming back this week. And it's just a, they, they need yep. to let him rest one more week so they can have a <laughs> nice final push in the last quarter of the season. But they probably won't do that. Not with our the with, with our run defense. They're probably licking their chops to get him back this week. Mm-hmm. So that, he'll have a 600 yard game by himself. Scary, but who knows? I mean, who knows? This team is able to for the most part, shut down Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's we just have to see which, which Jets defense actually shows up. As far as I'm aware, he's only questionable. And as far as I'm aware, he didn't hit the final, like, out list that the Jets put out. Solo make the determination at the time. As long as we have a majority of our guys, if we have Elijah Moore, Keelan Cole, Braxton Berrios, I'm outer, I'm happy. I want to see Ty Johnson start doing a little bit better. I mean, he, I think he's, he's kind of been exposed a little bit over these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's caused a lot of the reduction in his, in his uh, appearance, but not, not to mention uh, Ty Col- not to mention Coleman's actually really been playing well. Yeah. I think he's in concussion protocol though, right? Coleman really? Yeah. Coleman, uh, so. uh, Coleman's currently in concussion protocol. So Piran is supposed to be active for this game. Let's see if he. So I think I think Moore is. <laughs> I th- I think it's Ty Johnson going to be the lead back. Uh, Piran's going to be there. I think Elijah Moore was on his way out of concussion protocol. I think he completed, but I think something happened to Tevin in in practice. So it is what it is. You love seeing that vet running back back. He's kind of been doing what I what I figured down slot option for Zach Wilson rather than a runner, but. Not to say that he hasn't ran the ball, but kind of been leaning more towards we'll scheme the people where they need to be. The offensive line, shout out to George Fant. 11 games with two or less pressures, man. Shout out to George Fant. Yeah. I, I, I just got to say this. I remember having a couple of conversations with the with, with, a, with a certain rookie test pilot about how it is that they like George Fant, man, here. And, and how, you know, you keep wanting to write them off. You keep wanting to write them off. Keep wanting to write them off. Yeah. I've been, I, say, I've been saying this. You know, since last season, I think he's I think he's better than well, he's been he's proven now to be better than yeah. than people than people. Than Moses. I think he's better doing a better job than Moses. That's why when Beckton's healthy, Moses isn't playing. I don't think he can take a starting spot away from George Ferrant right now. That's uh, that would be almost impossible to do. He's earned it. And 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 again, Moses couldn't take it from him. Feel me? Because that didn't happen. He didn't he didn't they didn't bench Fant and, and go with Moses. Uh, Vecton got hurt, and Fan had to go to the left side. Mm-hmm. I also think that New Orleans, their defense could have a lot of trouble. I think if the right if the right Jets offense shows up, we and we can make an extra point or two, maybe that'd be nice. Um, this yeah, could be a breath. surprise game. I think I, I, I like our chances. All right, Kevin, what do you All think? Right, um, I'm I'm gonna be as succinct about this as I can. Yeah, well, you know, I, I struggle with, with brevity, right? I think this is going to be a good game. I don't know if we'll win because, to, to Jimmy's point, I don't know which run defense is going to show up. That's going to be, I think, the deciding factor in the game. I think New Orleans does have a, a decent enough defense to cause some disruptions up front. I just think that with the comfort level that we're seeing from Zach right now, 
it doesn't make a difference. I think that he'll come out fast. He'll start fast. I'm going to say three touchdowns, you know, back to back, back, whatever, but he's going to earn his weight this week. The, the kicker we just brought in and signed. Um, he is at least consistent uh, beyond what these last couple of uh, attempts were. I don't want to say it's going to be a close game again, because I just don't know which one's going to show up. I do think we'll, we'll score. Um, I think Zach will have at least two touchdowns, whatever the running game looks like. I think the defense is really going to have to settle down, right? Because, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of new guys. There's a lot of, you know, unfamiliar faces. There's, all you know, all of that. But um, the one thing that it just seems like is guys are not ever really thinking what's going on. Like, they're just allowing stuff to happen around them, and they're, they're just getting caught flat-footed, or they're just being, you know, outplayed. This game in particular – Again, about the wins or losses. I'm wanting to come out of this game saying uh, either um, we saw continuous improvement or we didn't see a drop off, but uh, we're not seeing you make the same mistakes continuously. And there's just other things that we realize that you have to learn. We want to see that in, in almost every one of our young players. I do want to see the continued improvement in, 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 in Connor McGovern at center. And I think that uh, DuVernay Tardif has made it possible for him to kind of settle down which in turn makes it easier for Zach. I think when you have a center that, uh, you know, what he's doing and not have to worry about the trash that he's got next to him, right? So, look, I think the defense is going to come out. I think they're going to play hard. Um, I don't know if they're going to be good enough. Um, I think the offense is going to come out. They're going to play hard. I think we're going to put up points. Um, And depending upon if we can, again, kind of muster up at least a decent run game, I think we'll be able to score points in the first and second half. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think we have an opportunity to win this game. I think that we have an opportunity actually to win big. Um, Being to see um, are recognizable, not just incremental, you know, on, on a small scale. We want, we want to see kind of big jumps. Anyways, I would like to see maybe more of the young, uh, the young defensive backs, you know, kind of, kind of step up a little bit because that's going to, mm-hmm. that's going to make a difference about if we, do decide to to go for Stingley. I think the reason why I'm thinking that is because, Jim, you said about Stingley, and I'm thinking that the talent level within the – for maybe both of them, I think that there there are certain guys that, you know, you kind of just have to regardless. And and I think uh, Stingley is there, but I I do – you know, I don't know. That Sauce Gardner pick is is really starting to make me want to push up. I wouldn't be mad at him either. I'll tell you right now. Um, But this for this game in particular – I think it'll be a decent game. I think we'll be able to, to come away from it with some positives. And obviously, you know, we still have some obstacles to overcome, but we want to see some improvement in those also. 21-20, New Orleans. Okay. Now I'm going to give you mine. See some positives in this game. I really want to see if Zach Wilson can continue upon the progress that he's made in the past couple of, uh, the past couple of games. Uh, running the offense, it looks like that uh, he's – he has the ability to run this offense. And again, just if he can cut down on the mistakes, stop getting in his own head to try to make, try to play hero ball like he did in the second half of the game, uh, I think he'll be, he'll be just fine. If he can continue to build off the positive success that he had in the Philadelphia Eagle game in the first half, then I think that he'll keep it competitive. That being said, I'm going to say a couple other things. The Jets do not instill any confidence in me that I think that they're going to win this game. I think at some point they'll look to be somewhat competitive. 
But I think at the end of the day, because of the defense having the problems that they have, the Jets will ultimately fold. The Saints, the Saints are still a good team. They're not a great team, but they're a good enough team to take care of teams like the Jets so they can pad their record to try and sneak their way into the playoffs. I said it. I don't apologize for it. And I don't care what anybody thinks. The defense has not proven to me. The entire football team, offense, defense, special teams, has yet to prove to me that they can play a full 60 minutes of competitive football. We saw a little bit of it against Tennessee. We saw a little bit of it against Cincinnati. But I just don't think we're going to see it this week. Because... The Eagles had a ton of stuff to play for last week. And you had an opportunity to play spoiler. You had an opportunity to punch a team in the mouth that needed that game more than you did and would have given you the opportunity to earn some respect this season. And I'm sorry, you pissed it away because the defense didn't show up. So Alvin Kamara is probably going to run for six because this team's run defense is non-existent. So... Until you can prove to me you can stop the run, and especially against Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill doesn't throw the ball quite well, but he throws it well enough to be able to hit those guys that he needs to hit to keep the chains moving. But he's a running quarterback, so he's a threat to run the ball. And again, like I just got finished saying, you haven't proven to me that you can stop the run. You haven't proven to me that you can even slow down the run. So I have zero confidence in the Jets winning this game. The only thing that I want you to do is to be competitive and not embarrass yourselves. So I'm going to give you guys the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give the offense the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say 31-20. I guess I have to put out a number two then since both of you guys did. See, you only did because I did. And I, I, look, I want us to win this game so bad. I'm just like, I don't know. All right. Well, I'm going to hold true to my Homer roots, and I'm going to say the New York Jets win. Wilson will top 300 yards. Three touchdowns. 28-24 Jets. Mark it. I, I think this offense is designed for a 300-yard quarterback every single game. Sure. Are, Absolutely. Things are, things are clicking like mm-hmm. this. So, Jets, Zach should be thrown for 5K every year moving forward. Exactly. Especially with 17 games. No question. Mm-hmm. Michael Carter is going to be a big, 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 big part of that. His all-purpose yards, like, he is, he's going to be special. He is going to be special. 2,200 yards, 1,100 rushing, 1,100 receiving. I'm going to take us out. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to finish up tonight's Weapons Hot broadcast here. I'd like to thank everybody who tuned in live tonight to check us out. Those of you that are going to check us on replay, those of you that are going to listen to the podcast, we can't thank you guys enough. It's been a rough season, but we've seen some progress. The problem is is that the progress has not been consistent enough for us to really be able to get behind. So really the big focus is can, can Zach Wilson use this game to yet take another, another step forward to prove that he was worth taking the risk with the number two overall pick. That's my concern. That should be everybody's concern right now. If it's not, then I don't know what to tell you. But well, you can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partners in crime on the other side of the glass. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Mr. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. Our show has a Facebook page. Go and hit the like button. 
message us or message you right back. We love talking with fans about this team. Also, leave us some feedback about how we're doing here on Weapons Hot. If you think we're great, leave us a like, leave us a comment. If you think we suck and we know nothing about football and Jimmy's ugly and Kevin's bald and CJ just looks like a, a, a goof on steroids, okay, hey, leave us a comment. That's fine. We're the trolls that live under the bridge. We, we accept comments short, tall, big, small. It don't matter. I am not ugly. I am not ugly. <laughs> and I am, I am not bald. That's an optical illusion. <laughs> I got, I got I got dreads down my ass right now. It's <laughs> a gift from Belize. <laughs> so another gift he came home with from Belize, ladies and gentlemen. So you can catch us on our home base here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. They have a Facebook page. Go and like and subscribe every time we go live or anytime any show from the Worldwide Sports Radio Network goes live. You'll get a ding. You could also download the app. Go to Google Play. If you have an Android. Go to, go to the iOS store if you have an iPhone. Search up WWSRN. Best way to consume Weapons Hot and the, the other great shows on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And last but certainly not least, two different other places that you could catch us. Every Tuesday night, you can catch yours truly on Jets World Facebook page over there with Weapons Hot Mission Briefs. Completely just go off the rails and just curse and scream and yell like the typical fan that I am. Because you know what? That's the platform. That's what I'm going to use it for. And I'm going to tell you the truth, uncut and unfiltered, whether you like it or not. And another place where I have these two schmoes next to me over here. Weapons Hot After Dark. Okay? Next week, 9 p.m., YouTube.com. Go, follow, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, go and do it. Check out our past shows over there. I guarantee you, you will laugh your ass off. All right. Guys, I think I've said all about I can say. <laughs> For Jimmy the Reaper Jardine and Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone signing off tonight. We will see you guys. When we see you guys, peace, love, go Jets. Keep that fandom going, and I will leave you guys tonight, which still, in my opinion, is the best chant in the National Football League. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets! <laughs> we'll see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love. Oh, you still here? <laughs> what are you still doing here? <laughs> right. Let's get that hell out of here. We'll catch you guys next week. Go Jets. Maybe they upset the Saints. So we'll all get to eat crow next week about how we were wrong. Well, except for Jimmy. Not I'm, me. I'm... <laughs> yeah, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.